Feedback showed TRT clinics in the UK are massively upcharging on medication and delivery whilst providing poor client support. Founder of the Mojo Clinic, Sam Cook, has revolutionized the TRT industry in the UK. Finally, a service where you, the patient, are at the forefront. The Mojo Clinic is transparent with all costs, ensures patient access medications at normal pharmacy prices, at the pharmacy they choose, building a community experience with quality support throughout your journey. Check out the Mojo Clinic today to experience the best TRT in the UK, www.themojoclinic.com. So I'm donating blood in two hours and I can already feel my heart rate increasing. This is the TRT Community Podcast, where we discuss all things testosterone. Hey, Ian. Hello, Brandon. I'm really close to the mic. Sorry there. I caught you early this time. You didn't expect me so soon. I like catching you off guard. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Brandon, founder of the TRT community, host of all things testosterone. Here with my BFF bestie, Ian Schweider. He's uh, helps out in the group. He's a TRT user himself and podcast extraordinaire. Uh, Hello, friends. What do we do? We uh, I, never, I never say that. <laughs> we are uh, we're a podcast. Obviously, we talk about anything related to testosterone. We uh, have a Facebook group, facebook dot com slash group slash trt community, where we also talk about trt. Ian's drinking some water over there. Um, got a website, testosteronepodcast.com, dot com, where we um, basically there's there's everything there. You can get some information if you're looking for like a trt one hundred one. What is it? How to do it? Uh, there's a list of vetted clinics and doctors that you can give a call. They'll give you a discount if you mention the podcast. And yeah, there's all kinds of information there. So I just said I was donating blood in two hours and I can already feel my heart rate increasing. And that is true. I'm like sweating and nervous and my I can feel my heart pumping. You know, I've got a... So are you... Okay, yeah. Are you a needle fear guy or what what's the what's the sweating and, and nervousness so about I, for you as far as blood blood donation goes i do have a a general fear of needles and that includes the injections that i've done two to five times a week for the last eight years it, it gets me kind of amped up every time uh sub q is not too bad and doing it myself is not too bad but more so it's a it's a fear of the needle being inside of my vein feeling that uh, 18, for a length of time, yeah, eighteen or twenty gauge. It doesn't matter how long you're you're penetrating me with that giant needle. I don't like it. So, I've got a well documented talk slower. What? I said talk slower. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> oh, I've got a well documented history of going to Carter Blood Care to donate and them turning me away or calling the physician on staff and and getting an exception for me to donate because my heart rate is above 100 beats per minute just from oh yeah just from being nervous so what i do now is when i go in there uh, i request that they take my they check my pulse first and then they do the um pin prick to check for the hemoglobin hematocrit you know because that really like what they do typically is they stick your finger yeah and then while they're testing that they'll immediately um check your heart rate and that pin prick gets me gets me going so yeah so no coffee no monsters <laughs> on the morning of donating for me little gatorade so yeah Looks i like i got all buttoned up in here and i've got 
painting poles and ladders and boom mics and shower curtain rods go in all these directions in the studio, which is, you know, the RV. And I realized that I left my water inside the house. So I, I was about to start crawling out when I realized we're going camping on Monday. So I'm already stocking the fridge and it's already running and getting cold. And I've got beverages oh. right here in the RV. So it was Gatorade or beer. Very nice. Before we jump to the camping discussion, yeah, is so when you're going to, I wanted to go back to the blood donation thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so are you just donating straight, straight blood, not doing double reds or anything or anything special out of the ordinary like that? By straight blood, do you mean non-gay blood? Uh, I don't, I don't know if you can say that, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, it might get canceled. Just, <laughs> just regular, <laughs> regular, not double. I've done double before. Uh, I don't. I don't know the word. I don't know what the terminology is. So I called it regular whole, donate. Uh, whole blood. Whole blood. Straight blood. They call whole, blood. whole blood. There we go. Yeah. So I've done double red before, and it takes a long time. And I didn't. I don't think that it it reduces numbers for any longer. And and you can't donate as often. So um, and. Yeah. Was this at your own kind of discretion or was this something you and Kenny talked about? And he said, Oh, your numbers are getting, you might want to look to, to donate soon. No, or you're just, it's kind of my own discretion enough to know. Yeah. I know whenever I start getting headaches and I start being short of breath, um, not under exertion, just whenever I'm sitting around that it's time to donate. And I, I probably should do it every eight weeks or however often they'll allow. But, uh, my fear of needles keeps me yeah like maybe twice a year i do it is this a special event blood drive sort of thing or is there a location nearby that's you can just go at any time uh there's not there's not one within 20 minutes of me so i usually try to grab appointments whenever they're doing a location so they're going to be at the local walmart as uh uh, for this morning and this afternoon um they do it you know local churches stuff like that so i just you go to carter's blood blood Carter Blood's website, oh. and you can find the blood drives there. And I'm a, I'm no stranger to setting those appointments. I've probably set as many appointments and not shown up as I have shown up. So um, it's a it's a big enough fear and anxiety causer for me that about half the time <laughs> I just won't go. Yeah, I gave blood last year at a at a church here locally, and my only hang up or my weird thing about i don't have the problem with the needle going in i just don't want to watch i don't want to watch the process happening like i just okay tell me when you're about to do it uh and i'll look this way and it took about 10 minutes maybe not even that i don't think and they were done and had a bandage over my arm so um I think that's my only hang up is I just don't want to see the blood coming out of my arm. Yeah. And I, I actually, it, have that's to. my, that's my weird, my weird thing. And that's why I, that's why I could never be, I guess, in the medical profession. Like, I feel like I would have the, uh, the aptitude for it, but the bodily fluid part. Yeah. No, thank No, thank you. <laughs> I have to watch him do it. I don't know why I, I definitely do. And what, the blood, it doesn't bother me. It's just the initial stick. Once it's in there and they've got the tape on it, I'm okay. Um, I have this fear that it's going to take 
six or seven tries to get me, whether they're drawing blood with a tiny needle or a <laughs> And that's never happened to me, you know? Um, they've always, and they always choose my tattooed arm, which is, you know, I would think, yeah. but I guess they don't need to see the vein. They can feel it. But yeah, they, they always get me first try. Maybe one time they had to try, you know, kind of pull it out, not all the way and then go in, in a different direction. But for the most part, it's been no issue at all. It's just in my head, but it, it definitely causes me enough anxiety for me to sweat for the entire morning before. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't get that, but I just, you can't watch the blood. And then I just want it to be over as quick as possible. But I probably need to look into that, too. I think the last time my labs were pulled, my hematocrit was up to up above 50. Yeah. It's probably, I mean, that, and that was six weeks ago. So we probably are at the point where I need to go do that. Yeah. Generally speaking, you'll feel better afterwards, even if you don't notice, like, I mean, I've been doing this for almost a decade and I still forget, um, how much better I feel afterwards. You just kind of feel more energetic, lighter. Um, I get headaches almost every day. Those are gone. Shortness of breath is gone. And I forget like an idiot, how much better I feel afterwards. So I, I make a point, especially when I'm going out of town, uh, when we went to the beach, I did it before then we're going camping. I'm doing it. I like to do it before I'm going to be like, like physical activity is going to be required of me to survive. So I'd like to be headache and right. lethargy free. <laughs> That's a great segue back to circle back <laughs> to the camping talk. Yeah. We're not doing anything crazy. Uh, we're going to dinosaur Valley, but we, can't camp at dinosaur valley because um my father-in-law mm. has a seven million foot uh camper trailer and they don't have spots long enough for seven million feet so we have to actually camp in cleburne and then make a 20 30 minute drive over to dinosaur valley to do the day pass at an rv park uh, at an rv parking well campsite cleburne yeah okay don't say rv park because that that you know, campsite is a primitive thing in an RV park. You Ruffle know, have some you feathers. Know, it's like yeah. where people live permanently, you know. So we're not going to some uh, bougie place where people are living. We're going, it's like an actual campground, but, um, or glamp ground, I guess you could call it. <laughs> but yeah, they've got So their, you're not taking the RV that you're sitting in right now? Yeah, yeah, I'm taking it. You are? Okay. Yeah. okay. That's why we're camping 30 minutes away from where we're wanting to do our hiking and exploring. Gotcha. Yeah, because okay. even this RV is, I think it's 33 feet. It's too big. I think their biggest spot over there is like 27 feet. So it's for smaller campers. In the state park you're talking about? Yeah, in Dinosaur Valley. What are you pulling that with? Are you pulling that with that old F350, 250 or no, whatever? I, or is that the Forerunner? I traded that Ford F250 for that Harley. Um, I pull Oh, it, that's right. So I pull it with the Forerunner, but it's only because this is a... It's an eco light, super light. It's designed to be, um, mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, it, it, I can pull it with the forerunner. It, it does okay. It's right at right over the forerunner maximum tow capacity. Um, uh -huh. it's under, you know, empty, but when you start adding stuff, like I upgraded to a 10 inch memory foam mattress and when you start adding clothes and uh -huh. water, it gets heavier. So, it's over the limit, and but if we're just going an hour, hour and a half, I don't mind doing it with the forerunner. Right. So I sounds bought, awesome. Bought a bought a couch from a guy the other day, like an actual couch salesman, and he recognized me, 
And me and Caleb both got the impression that he recognized me from TRT stuff, but I couldn't bring myself to say, I've got this podcast, maybe that's where, but I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so shout out to the couch salesman that may or may not have recognized me from the TRT community <laughs> or this podcast. What did, what tipped you off? How did you, uh, he said, do I know you from somewhere? You sound really familiar and that's it. But, um, you can't I don't get know. a name a name to shout him out. No, I don't know his name. He wasn't my salesman. He was just he was a guy that heard my voice and from across the room, and then came over to say, "I think I recognize you, your voice or whatever." And I, I don't know, maybe, maybe you do. So, if you work at uh, Furniture One here in Forney, hello, if you're listening, come be a guest on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> So you mentioned that that F two fifty. So I traded that for uh, it was a ninety seven single cab long bed Ford F two fifty. It was pretty nice. I mean, it was for such an old truck. It was in good shape, and I I uh, washed it real good and waxed it and clay barred it and put a four inch suspension lift on it and bigger tires, and then um, traded that. No, sorry, Damn. sold sold that. Um, made. I mean, I bought this truck for like twenty five hundred bucks. I put like a grand into it and then I sold it for 7500 within a couple of months so did a high school kid buy it no it was an old dude probably 50 year old it was a it was a highly sought out sought truck because it was the F250 and it was the first year that they actually made the the heavy duty and so it was like kind of a rare <laughs> deal uh then I bought a Harley and um I'm actually just now looking into trading that for some sort of classic either chevy or ford pickup like an f100 or you know those old chevy square bodies uh, square body yeah Yeah. awesome i I found one in in uh i found one i'm not going to say where because i don't want somebody listening to go swoop it up but i found one and me and you might have to take an old uh an old road trip in the next few weeks to go check it out it's it's where we got the squat rack it's about four four and a half hours from us ah that I am definitely down for that. This guy is, and I think it's it's as close to a done deal as it could possibly be, considering we're four hours apart and haven't seen each other's rides in person. But this guy has this. Uh, so you're working a straight up trade, a barter, straight up trade of sorts. Yeah, and he's it. He's he bought this truck for his son, and he didn't tell me this. I just happened to know because I stalked his Facebook profile, but um, <laughs> all he said, you know, was basically new paint, new tires, new glass. That's it. Um, but he bought this thing and he tore it apart. He he frame up restored it to one and a half to two years ago. He there's pictures. There's like fifty pictures on his Facebook page of him tearing this truck apart, repainting everything inside the cab, in the the under the hood, the body, everything. Did you message him to ask him if about that time he spilled something in the on the carpet? <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> jokes for two people, maybe three. <laughs> Sorry. Oh boy. So no, this is a Chevy. It's this is a Chevy Chevy square C10. Body? Yeah. Um, and what it, year? Uh, Seventy. Um, well, well, if you don't want to say it, sorry. Yeah, I don't want to get too descriptive because if somebody okay. goes and he's out of town for the next three weeks, so I feel pretty comfortable, mm. but I really want this truck. And it's a uh, 350 automatic transmission. It's got um, a Sweet. couple of things, you know, cam intake, that kind of thing. I'll send you a, some pictures in a video when we're done here. It it sounds pretty mean. 
but I'm looking forward to going and seeing it. Maybe on the way there or the way back, we can, well, I don't want to give it away, but give away the location any further. But I was at a place last week where um, uh, I haven't been there in several years. Uh, Gambled away some money, uh, (laughs) won a little bit, whatever. Uh, Well, won some, then lost some. At the uh, at the poker tables, pretty fun. hadn't yeah. pu- hadn't been up there in a while, so uh, kind of want to go back pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time. I like going up there. I went. Uh, the boys from high school were in town, and they were going up there. So oh yeah, from met, from Austin. Yeah, yeah, the guys from Austin. Nice. So this episode today is kind of inspired by this question that I'm about to read, and or lots of questions like it. Uh, So this fella, Brian, posted in the TRT community Facebook group question, what doctor do you guys go to to get tested and start treatment? I've been reading a lot of posts on here and it's convinced me to move forward with wanting to try this. Is there an online doctor? Thanks. And the response is... I responded to that one this morning. Yeah, you did. And and the response is very... And they're going to continue to vary. I know exactly what we're going to end up seeing on there and some guys are going to going to tell him, well, I spend, you know, $7 a month with my primary care or this and that. So I want to kind of go through today um, what you can expect, how the process is going to go if you decide to try to use insurance in a brick and mortar doctor versus if you don't use insurance and use an online TRT clinic, um, what you can expect from both of them, what you can expect once you start uh, and and talk a little bit about our experiences and that kind of thing. And then I've got a few smaller topics to get to later down the line. So that said, um, what to expect? If you, if you want to use your insurance, and some guys do, and I totally get that, what you're likely to come across is a doctor that's not super well-versed in TRT. And in fact, I don't remember if it was this guy. I don't think it was. I read another post shortly after that where the guy specifically mentioned, you know, my primary care said she didn't know anything about it. So she sent me to an endocrinologist. And that's that's pretty common. But what he doesn't realize yet is that there's like a really high chance that that endocrinologist is not going to know what he's doing either. And anyway, I guess back to the point, if you're using insurance, you're not going to know that they don't know what they're doing if you're new to the TRT world. But you can expect to do multiple blood draws. Uh, Insurance is going to want to probably see two uh, deficient testosterone level tests at different times of day. Uh, And then they might still deny you. If they don't deny you. Before like 10 a.m. or something, right? Well, yeah, right. But not two times at 8. They're going to want to see like an 8 and a 10. Um, you're probably going to get a typical cookie cutter protocol or just a bad protocol. You know, a lot of these doctors are doing 200 milligrams every two weeks. Uh, and for some guys that works, if you're like me and you 200 milligrams every two weeks doesn't work. We're high maintenance. If you're a turnkey simple protocol guy, then, then yeah, it might work for you. And it, it turns out that you can get treatment really cheap and it'll, it'll work for you forever. Um, I need that tweaking to my protocol. I need somebody that is knee deep, elbow deep in hormones all day, every day that can think outside the box and really tweak things to get me feeling good. 
So if you're not using insurance, basically you'll sign up. Uh, you're going with the clinic. You can sign up, um, download a lab requisite, visit the lab, schedule the consult. Once they get the results, go over your options on the phone, and you'll get more of a custom approach uh, and outside-the-box thinking. And I, and I know my experience with online clinics, at first it was I was hesitant because it seems kind of shady. But I think it's becoming the norm now, wouldn't you say? I mean, it's pretty common. Was like online, like special online TRT clinics? Well, tele- yeah. Telemedicine I mean, for testosterone. Six six years ago, it was looked at like, I don't know, that seems like illegal, you know, but now it's pretty regular. Yeah, it's, it's still felt... Uh, I guess definitely outside the, outside the box for sure. Yeah. Like kind of like too new to rate as we always say. Yeah. One right. of those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And with my own, my own experience with going through two now, uh, two providers that, that take insurance and I would say one didn't really have a clue. One has more of a clue of what they're doing. Um, if I didn't know, if I didn't know, if I wasn't friends with you, I wasn't part of this group. First of all, I don't know. I don't even know if I would still be on, I would even be on TRT, but if I was part of this group, but didn't know you and your experience and what you've been through, go to my, go to my primary care doctor. And he's like, yeah, just take a hundred, hundred milligrams a week, just all in one, all in one shot. And you should be, you should be fine. Uh, First of all, he's only pulling uh, total and free. That's it. He's not concerned about estradiol. He's not concerned about SHBG and all these other other labs that you need to be concerned with. Um, he his prescription to the pharmacy. Uh, <laughs> they gave me these three mil syringes, which is a joke. <laughs> we did a, uh, we did an experiment on the podcast where we tried to that's right. time which is easier and it's actually harder. It takes longer to push testosterone through a three ML syringe versus a one ML syringe, something about back pressure. If you know anything about yeah. car engines, it probably makes more sense to you. Yeah. And then when you go to follow up, he's, I'm like, yeah, I'm not really noticing any difference and he's not really open to yeah. increasing the dose. He's like, well, it should, you should be noticing something he, like there he, was no, no sort idea. of, he has no idea what's going on. No idea. And yeah. it's 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 rare, but it happens where uh, you can have a doctor that has no idea and they'll say, I have no idea. And you can have that rapport and that back and forth and you can say, well, I've read this. What do you think about trying that? And they might say yes. But for the most part, doctors have these massive egos and they're not. Right. They're, your, your doctor probably never said, Ian, I have no fucking idea how to treat you for testosterone. What do you think we should do? He probably just kept on trucking and said things like, no, there's something wrong with you. You're full of shit. This should be working instead of, and, and not to mention the fact that you probably weren't going to an office visit every six weeks, you know? No. I have a visit with Kenny about every six to eight weeks, and that's way more than I would ever go to a brick and mortar doctor. It wasn't so much, yeah, in my experience in that instance, wasn't so much that he, uh, of his ego, like brushing me back and saying, you know, hey, it must be something else. You you need to go, let's check out other things, whatever, whatever. It was kind of like, uh, you know, he didn't say it, but he's like, I don't have any idea what to do. Yeah. And 
it makes me feel like when I think about that story, just telling it now, recalling that, I think about the guys in the group that are like, hey, like, I'm so sick of this group because the same questions get asked every single day. And I'm like, if I had to put myself, I didn't know you, if I didn't know about the group and I wanted to explore this and then I just popped into the group, like, I think I would be the same person because it, I mean, people can use the search function. Yes, but it is an extremely, extremely well complicated. It doesn't necessarily have to be if you get the right provider. It, to, to wade into these waters is extremely just uh, overwhelming yeah. uh, feeling because there's so much to, to consider. Yeah. Uh, you want to feel better, but then you start treatment and maybe you're not feeling any better or maybe worse or maybe you feel better for a little while. Then you feel worse again. Like yeah. what's well, going on? Hormones are, are not, not to be played around with. So what about the guys um, that are treating with uh, endocrinologist, Dr. Joe right. Schmo in Topeka, Kansas, and come in the group and post, hey, can I quit TRT cold turkey? It's not working for me. And then they get jumped on. Like, why would you want to quit? Well, they're having a totally different experience than than what some other guys are having, you know. And their doctor is <laughs> screwing with their lives. And they, they want to quit because they feel terrible. And, and, and hormones just, affect, every like, your day-to-day yeah. life in every single way. I'm going through... I'm going through it this week. Like I'm just, you know, up and down. It's a roller coaster sometimes. And yesterday, down day, I had a good couple of good days this week. It's it's not it's not been going ideally for me. Also reminds me of another post I saw this week in the group. There was a guy, I don't know if you saw this one, a guy who said he was treating with a provider, and that provider had him on 50 milligrams a week. Then he was like, oh, this isn't working. So I'm going to jump to supposedly a person that's a TRT specialist. And that person immediately like, and maybe I'm, I was missing some details of his story. Maybe he left some things out, but that provide the TRT specialist, quote unquote, put him on uh, 400 milligrams a week, like immediately. And then said, told him, if that doesn't get any better, we're going to put you on 800 milligrams what? a week. <laughs> I, I kid you not. I, I even said, I said, the details of this post seem far-fetched. However, if this is true, I, I would run. Uh, that that gives me a lot of pause to start on 400 milligrams a week. Yeah, 50 is too low, I would say. But, but 400 is certainly too high to start at. Yeah. Like you're, you yourself are what, I'm somewhere three, in the 200, 300 range? I'm at yeah. 300 and that's after 10, eight, eight years yes. of adjustments. And even then on the higher end of what most people right. would consider normal, but above uh, normal. Yeah. I, and, and this guy, and it wasn't, I guess this person, you know, and this doctor or specialist or whoever it was, is charging him $550 for a visit. And that, I think that goes for a, uh, uh, 12 weeks or something like that. So yeah, it, an insane amount, but insurance is be able to cover his testosterone. So I, I was like, okay, if this is including you, if this is every, that's the, if you're part. going through this every five weeks, if, because that's the right, if you got a 10 mil vial, and you're doing 400 milligrams a week, it would last five weeks. Yeah. Testosterone right. is the cheap part. So who cares if insurance covers that piece of it, you know? 
Right, right. Yeah, there's. So, I wonder if it's the same guys that um, that post in the group that they want the absolute cheapest provider possible. Who's the cheapest clinic? You see that a lot, and it's like, yep. okay, you may you may go with someone cheaper, and you may save seven dollars over a company like Matrix each month. But I wonder if that's the same guy that six months down the road is asking how he can quit testosterone replacement therapy. Right. You know, spend the extra $7. If it even is, you know, Matrix, in my experience, is one of the most affordable ones out there anyway. There's several others on the testosteronepodcast.com website that are that are affordable. These aren't expensive clinics, but the guys that just flat out, I need the cheapest option yeah. that's legal. I wonder if that's that's part of the same group that's trying to quit later on. So what I've noticed over the years is that once you start um, and whether you're using a brick and mortar doctor that doesn't know what he's doing or a clinic that doesn't know what they're doing, most like more often than not, you, you start to notice a sexual performance increase within a month or two. Guys talk about morning wood, uh, their, their libido is increased and that kind of thing. What also happens if you're using a doctor that doesn't necessarily know what to test for is that within two to four months, all that goes away. You start having erectile dysfunction issues, your libido goes down, and it's fairly common for for that to decline around that two to four month range. Uh, and it's an indication of hormonal imbalance, you know, and it's mm-hmm. something that you just mentioned your PCP checking total and free and not checking anything else. And that that's what ends up happening, you know three or four months later is that your estradiol is too high or, you know, something's out of whack. Uh, same thing with wh- whether we're talking about erection equal, uh, erection quality or, or, um, quality of life, you know, quality of life. Typically you'd see that increase within about a month or two. Uh, data says that it'll peak somewhere around 12 and 18 months. Um, with that, I'm talking about like energy levels, playing with kids. For me, it was patience, that kind of thing mental health, um, anxiety, depression. Yeah. Those are big for me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Huge for me. I mean, my, I went from 90% anxiety to 15% anxiety within (laughs) six to eight weeks of starting TRT, you know, and and then would never be able to speak into this microphone if, uh, if I wasn't on TRT, uh, body composition improvements within four to six months, whether that be, uh, you're able to get away with the, uh, the same poor diet, or you're able to really take advantage of, of the TRT and make those gains, you'll start seeing those improvements. Um, bone mineral, mineral density is something you'll see after six to 12 months. It's not, it's not something you see, I guess it's something that happens. Um, you, you labs or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so my, my experience was just that sexual performance increased, anxiety was nearly gone, energy and patience, uh, all that within a couple of months and that kind of thing. Uh, I think it's men, the, the men, the libido erection thing that those bonuses that come along with, with balanced hormones and things like that, that does a lot for the anxiety and depression. Like Mm -hmm. if you're struggling, like I have, like if, if that's not working for you, man, it's, it's, you feel less than whole for sure. Like you feel like a shell of yourself. If that is unable to perform like it should. Yep. Um, needle size. That's another thing that guys stress over in the group. And I, I wanted to touch on that because 
I see the question all the time and I even get emails about, you know, is this needle appropriate for this? And is this long enough for that? Um, where should I, where's the best place to inject, inject wherever the hell you want to, you know, if you want to do intramuscular, do intramuscular, pick a muscle group and go for it. If you want to do sub Q, do sub Q, just pick a spot and go for it. Wherever you're going to do it, it's fine. It, it, I can't answer that question. No doctor can say you're going to respond best to an injection in this location with this size needle. Um, so it, it's something that I wish guys would put less thought into. Just jab yourself, you know? Um, yeah. The, if you're doing an intramuscular injection, you need a slightly longer needle. But it depends so much on your body composition. I can't, you can't say, hey, is this needle long enough to inject in this location? I don't know. How fat are you? Maybe. How muscular are you? Is it <laughs> one gonna... inch, a one inch needle should do the trick. And if yeah. you're doing intramuscular or sub Q, just switch, switch sides. You yeah. got, you got two of everything that you're, you're injecting into. It's you your butt, it's your quads, it's your delts, switch sides every other time. Yeah. You don't necessarily need a different needle to do IM and, and sub Q. I mean, you can inject with a 30 gauge, uh, one inch needle and and do both. Maybe you don't have to go as deep. But, so, yeah, I have a story about that. So I have I have a I have a thing where I have those the lure lock ones with a twenty two gauge draw needle and a twenty five or twenty seven injection needle. Mm-hmm. This is about two weeks ago. I drew up I drew up my testosterone into the twenty two gauge needle. And I guess I was out of, I don't know. I was thinking about something else. Didn't even register the fact that I went to go take my alcohol swab, wiped down my delt and just jabbed it in. And then I plunged it and I was like, oh, that's going pretty fast. And I pulled it out and I go, I didn't change the needle. I injected myself with a 22 gauge needle and it didn't even phase me. So I don't know how that happened. So you, you must jab it quickly, right? You stick yourself with a quick motion fairly quickly these days See, yeah. the, this fear of needles that i have i i touch the tip of the needle to my skin and then i push it in slowly while, uh, while pinching pinching my skin push it in slowly i've never once been able to just swiftly boom i'm in so gosh that's crazy i would never be able to get a 22 gauge into my body without knowing it <laughs> And that's something that I double check like nine times before I inject. I don't want that thing because I do the same thing. I, I draw with an 18 or a 20 and then I switch to a 30 um, and do the injection. And I've been using uh, like a 5 eighths inch uh, 30 gauge needle for years. And I've never once, I take that back, I've done it a couple of times to for science, but I don't heat the vial. So many guys are talking about uh-huh. heating the vial. You know, if you need to heat it up, set it in the, the hot, you know, water, a uh, sink full of hot water for a couple of minutes. But I haven't noticed a, a big enough difference to to risk introducing that environment to my vial. Have you ever seen what's in uh, floating around mm. inside of a hot water heater or inside yeah, of your no. sink for that matter? <laughs> I'm not interested in potentially contaminating the vial uh, with, with minimal, for minimal impact to the draw speed. So I just use the 20 gauge to draw it and then do, switch the tip. Do you have trouble plunge? Is that, so is that what Kenny sends you from matrix? Or? No, they don't send me anything. I order those Uh-oh. separately. Um, I don't have trouble plunging. It's something that I guess um, I've built up maybe 
maybe you have to build up build up some thumb strength or, or thumb That's dexterity. Yeah. yeah, but it's not something that I even think about at this point. I tell you, I have you know the little wings on the on the t- the side of the syringe that you can that your fingers yeah. go. So I have broken one of those before with the pressure that I'm putting on that. So it it takes some some pressure to get it, and you have to make sure you got like. You, you got like mechanic strength, <laughs> car mechanic. But but these guys that say it's not possible, bullshit. I've been doing this for years, and it is definitely possible. It may not be ideal if you need to use a twenty-seven gauge because your hands aren't, you know, <laughs> you, you can't quite get it. Then that's fine, but um, it is definitely possible without heating the vial to inject with a thirty gauge needle. And inject my dose and go change my spark plugs. <laughs> So sub Q versus I am. That's you. That's that's another thing that people, you know, back and forth, back and forth, put a lot of thought into it. I I would recommend just not thinking about it. If you want to try it, start with intramuscular, go for it. Do it in the quad, do it in the glute, do it in the delt. I've done that. Uh, All three of those, they're all great. Um, Some studies show that sub Q injections will release, uh, absorb slower, and and you'll have more stable levels. Um, It's mostly personal preference with a bit of individualization there, I guess, you know, some guys love and stand by. I am some guys love and stand by sub Q. Just try both and see how you respond, but don't, don't let that be a sticking point. You know, don't let that be something that you're waiting on a response to start TRT or to do, just, just do it. Did you have any personal experience as far as a difference in how you felt doing I am versus sub Q? No, I don't think so. And sometimes I, I markedly so or anything. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I think I, I glorify the I am days because I haven't done I am regularly in probably six, seven years. So sometimes oh. I think back and I glorify and I'm like, maybe did I, and I do exactly what I'm telling these guys not to do. Should I, should I go back to I am? And I don't mostly just because I don't want to, I don't want to, the, the deeper I have to go, the worse. I, I don't want that needle deep into my muscle, you know. That's why yeah. I would do my delt. Uh, I've done my pec. But that was just as an experiment because Casey Schlichting does his pecs and he made me feel like a little girl. So I went ahead and did mine one day. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't like it. Uh, And then another thing we see is sleep apnea. So yes, TRT can exacerbate your sleep apnea. But if you get your CPAP machine and you get it adjusted, it'll be the best thing that's ever happened to you. And you'll get used to it. You'll get used to that little mask or that mouthpiece. Yeah, I've got an appointment set up in a few weeks to go get a mouthpiece fitted. So we'll see how that goes. I'm I'm interested to see if that can change things, change the game for me. Did you choose the mouthpiece over the CPAP or was that a Rachel thing or what? This was a referral to the place that only does. But why? As far as I know, they only do the mouthpiece. Did she say they're, they're, it was better... Why did she recommend that over the the CPAP? Uh, there wasn't. We didn't have that. That wasn't the conversation. It was a call. It was literally a call from their office saying, "This is the place we're referring you to." Yeah. And then I had a, I talked with their office and I looked them up online and it looks like all they do is uh, the mouthpiece thing. Gotcha. They're they're like that's like this is you know so much better if you hate the mask or the you know things like that this is yeah so it's your jaw in a certain way and all that kind of stuff so apparently i had mild mild sleep apnea so we'll we'll see 
because I've been struggling, struggling yeah. recently with it. So I'm interested to see. I'm ready to feel. So yeah. that that kind of leads me into the the final little topic here: Is TRT too complicated? Is there too much to think about? Is there too much variation? Is there are there too many guys that that struggle with it? And a lot of guys ask in the TRT community, "Hey, is this worth it?" Because all I see here are guys talking about their struggles, and I think what I would say to address that directly is that that's because this is a support group. It's not necessarily a praise group. You know, guys aren't coming in and, and as often and praising their providers or praising the process. They do. It's there. You can, you can find it. But most of the time guys are asking questions and they don't, they don't want to talk about this stuff unless they have to, you know, mm-hmm. let's not talk about our penises unless we absolutely have to, but they're asking because they're having some issue. They're struggling in some way. So, right. I think I think that's separate though than is it too complicated and is it worth it because it can be complicated. This has been a super complicated 8 to 10 years that I've had with this this journey and uh I enjoy it because we get to do things like this podcast in the group and get to help guys and hear from them in emails and and stuff like that but it's not simple. It's something that it's a hobby. It the reason this podcast started is because this became a hobby of mine because it's complicated, you know. Yeah, it's it's not simple by any means. Hormones can affect a lot. Yeah, and it, it, mental health, physical health, every aspect of your health, basically, that yeah. this can it has a hand in everything. And I think one of the things that's most telling in the group is when you see guys that are like, uh, "Hey, has anyone been on TRT for five, ten, twenty years?" Yeah. And you see guys pop up every now, you know, on those questions come out and that's, that's really cool to see. And those guys, I mean, I'd be interested to have those guys kind of guys on and hear those stories. I mean, we've had, uh, forgive me, Roger, uh, yep. Paget. Yeah. Paget. Yeah. He, you know, he's been on it for a long, long time. Have, have had him on in the past. Um, Sam Baclis, I remember that name. I haven't seen him post in a while, but he's one that's been on 20 plus years. Yeah. And so those guys are wanting to know like, Hey, is this worth it? Like, is this worth jumping on? And those, it's cool to hear from those guys that have probably been through, been through the ringer as far as the, you know, the roller coaster that it can be sometimes that, that hormones, the challenges that it can be. But, um, I, I have, you know, personally felt like, where it feels like to be for a short time, I guess, to be optimized uh, for some reason. Then, you know, there's, there are side effects and there are ways to deal with those side effects. Mm -hmm. And it's just about persevering and pushing through where, uh, you know, not taking my own advice there, but uh, in some cases I, I have hit the eject button in the past and gone cold Turkey, but um, so I'm not, I'm definitely not in that crowd. Let's stuck it, stuck it out. You won't find a trying to get back there. A, a prescribed medication that you take that doesn't doesn't have side effects for a lot of people. You know, whether we're talking about exactly insulin or testosterone or uh, phenamine or whatever you're taking, uh, there's the potential SSRI. For, yeah, there's side effects. So yes, there are there there are some side effects for taking TR for doing TRT. Uh, and they will have to be dealt with. So guys, I think they think of it differently. They think of it as like a gold juice instead of, you know, a medication. It's medicine. 
And um, yeah. you are likely to need to do some things differently or take additional medications to combat some side effects. And if I had to guess, if I were pressed to put a number on the amount of guys, maybe it's maybe it's 50, somewhere between 40 and 50% of guys that are like Eric Post and they get their first inject- injection of testosterone and they just run with that two or three years later, they're doing great, never needed any adjusting, never needed anything except maybe a, a an acne cycle of, uh, of uh, antibiotics, that kind of thing. And then there's, you know, the other 40, 50, 60% that are like me and you, and it, you know, it's something we have to really pay attention to and, and think about a lot. Get our labs, get our labs, take an AI for a short period of time. Yeah. Do some extra supplementation with dim or uh, some, calcium glucurate or whatever you need, whatever it is, yep, yep, yep. those kinds of things. She said that it was as big as it's ever been. Thank you for listening to the TRT community podcast. You can find us online at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TRT community. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.